Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, what's going on? Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. So for those of you that are new, thanks for joining us. And if you've been listening for a while, thanks for the continued support here. Coming into April here, getting ready for turkey season and spring scoutings at full speed right now. So super, a lot of good things going on um, right now. This past this past week has been extremely good for finding sheds on, on my side of things. I'm I'm not usually the best when it comes to finding antlers in the woods and I it's not because I'm in the wrong spots it's because I can't see them or it just I'm distracted by a, a thousand other things but went out with my dad and um <clears throat> as anyone that knows him he's very good at finding sheds so I took him along for for good luck and he of course picked up the biggest ones but um, we found a bunch of sheds one day after work, and then I went back in there the next day and actually did some grid searching, meaning I'm going back and forth, back and forth through an area that had a lot of like winter feeding sign. And I ended up picking up another four sheds. So it was, it was a good, you know, good afternoon there doing that. And then it kind of switched gears back to just, you know, scouting. So scouting ridges scouting points in some of the steeper country that i've been been looking into here in pennsylvania and yeah i've been putting a ton of miles on the boost just just trying to find some hot spots for the fall and this year's a little bit different with i have some people coming in to to hunt with me so now it's not just me focusing on trying to find you know uh you know a deer or um some locations for me to hunt i'm trying to you know, put some other people in good spots. So I have Chris Derrick, if you've heard his name, he's been on this podcast before from Sitka, as well as a few other people that are going to be coming in. We're going to be doing some product testing and, and a whole bunch of things, but staying, staying a week here in Northern Pennsylvania to hunt during the rut. So it'll be a, should be a pretty awesome trip, but yeah. So my, my scouting has really ramped up to try to you know, get ready for that trip, make sure that those guys have a, an enjoyable experience, you know, here in Pennsylvania. So that'll be, that, that has been good. You know, a lot of scouting there Been finding some turkeys with the opener in Pennsylvania coming up at the end of April. Uh, actually, if anyone uh, checks out my Instagram stories, I called in two gobblers with my mouth. Um, it will have been yesterday morning. So on Saturday here, I was out and 10 o'clock in the morning out on this point and heard one gobble on the opposite ridge across the river. And I just mouth gobbled out. Worst sounding call you could ever imagine, but I did it. And then just made some other hen noises with my mouth. Again, sounded like complete trash, but <laughs> they flew across the river and climbed 600 feet of elevation up to me. I called them into 30 yards with my mouth and I, I don't know how that worked and I'm sure that will not work when the season comes because they made they made it seem you know easy I mean turkeys are, can sometimes be the dumbest birds in the world and other times they could be the smartest birds depends on uh I guess the day and temperament but anyways that was that was a pretty cool cool experience there but logged just uh over 10 miles yesterday no no antlers but I uh, found some again really really good sign that uh that should be good here for the upcoming fall. Left a trail camera up on um, a scrape and uh, a bedding point. So I just um, put some lithium batteries in, set it up high, and going to let it soak all year. Hopefully, you know, it lasts that whole that whole time frame there. So that's good. But, yeah, that's what's, it's what's going on from the scouting standpoint. Been, like I said, putting on a ton of miles there and, you know, going forward with that. So also – update so uh as i talked about a little bit last time had some issues with uh, the mountain buck shirts you know coming in but those are good to go they should be arriving by next week um maybe even earlier than this week but looking like next week and everything should be good to go ship them out right away get them to everyone and 
then um yeah so i'll have some in stock as well as the pre-orders going out and at the same time i got some more stealth hats the new stealth multi-cam hats sold out in a week they were i mean they're an awesome hat but uh you can you can order them out of on the website still have them available there but they just won't ship until most likely next week and also um yeah a couple other uh hat items that were out of stock those should everything should be updated and ready to go by you know the beginning of next week so some good things going on there and anything else from the business side of things and east meets west you know just also uh, with the whitetail scouting being ramped up scouting for elk you know trying to figure out if i don't draw new mexico here what my backup plan is for idaho and Got it narrowed down pretty good here and and actually starting to look at some spots. So try not to get too far ahead of myself and, and doing scouting for, you know, no reason if I do draw New Mexico. But um, nonetheless, I've been, been getting really excited for that and see what's to come for the fall. All right, so let's get into uh, the partners here. So the University of Elk Hunting, Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together a complete course it's a one-year membership that you can go through and learn everything elk hunting from beginning to end, no matter what your experience level is. From the planning phases of the hunt, as I had Corey on the podcast you know, a few weeks ago here, and all the way up through calling, fitness, gear, everything else, getting your meat out, taking it home, all that stuff. Corey really goes through this course and doesn't leave out any details. So if you want to check that out, which I, first I want to thank everyone that has checked it out already. We've gotten some tremendous feedback from it. And for those who purchased it and, and using this code I'm about to give you here, East Meets West will get you $20 off. So just enter that in, in the promo code spot, East Meets West, and you'll get $20 off that course, in which this will be my fourth year uh, going on going on the course. So. Also, Heather's Choice. So Heather has created meals for adventuring, hunting, hiking, traveling, anything else that are dehydrated meals that are good for you. They don't, they're not filled with a bunch of sugars and salt and everything else. They have high protein, high fat, uh, really fuel you. And at the end of the day, I can promise after you know, hiking 10, 12 miles in the backcountry, you will, your legs will thank you when you provide it with the, the recovery food that it needs. So check out Heather's Choice. And if you have an order over $99, you can get free shipping on that by using code East Meets West. And if not, still use the link in our website to order that really helps us out and show some support. And lastly, Maven Optics. Maven has put together a you know a business model that has been able to put out the highest quality optics you know with competitors like Swarovski, Leica and Zeiss but at half the price of those competitors through their direct to consumer model and so the only place you can buy Mavens is you know on their website or if you see them at shows which I will have uh, Mavens for sale um, and able to demo out at the Total Archery Challenge this year in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania at my booth. So definitely, you know, come check them out and, and see it. And if you're interested in buying some optics, um, any full price optics on their website, if you use code East Meets West dash gift, you'll get a free gift with that, which changes every month. So check that out. All right, guys. Well, this podcast that, that I have coming up here, is with Ryan Silver. So Ryan was on one of the first episodes uh, recorded back at the Total Archery Challenge last year. Well, he came back to talk to me this year at ATA, and Ryan works for G5 and Prime Archery, so in, in their marketing department there. Ryan is an awesome guy, straight shooter. There's <laughs> there's nothing that's going to be left unsaid with Ryan if it comes to his mind, and that's that's what I really like about him. Great great guy from that side of things. So this, this episode, you know, we start, you know, talking about G5 products, prime quest, the whole new 2019 line as far as in some existing stuff. But more than that, we, we dive into a whole nother topic that Ryan's extremely passionate about. And 
I am as well as, as you'll hear in our voices. But um, as far as being one as a group and as hunters, you know, alike. So I'm not going to go any more detail on that. Just listen to it and give me some feedback on it. I mean, like I said, we get pretty fired up in the episode and that's, that's good. That's what I like to, to hear that passion in people's voice. You know, that, that they really, really mean, it means a lot to them. So that's great. On the, the prime side of things, I did just get in, uh, the logic CT three for myself. So I shot the logic all last year. Love that bow. Uh, really didn't want to switch, but the CT3, when I shot it at ATA, had a little bit longer axle to axle, just uh, felt a little more comfortable for me. It's not like super long, 33 inches, kind of fits that sweet spot. Uh, I've actually never shot a bow that long before, um, besides older ones, um, back when I was in my teens, but everything else has been shorter. So I'm excited to, to give this a shot. And in the process of getting the set up here currently, just waiting on a rest to come in. I uh, was going to throw one of my QADs on and actually did throw it on and ended up uh, deciding to give a limb driven rest a shot. So I'm throwing a Hamski Pro Hunter on and had some good, heard some really good things about it. Uh, my buddy Clint Casper, who's on the podcast here recently, he's using the, those Hamskis, has really good feedback. My uncle uh, just threw it on his bow, said awesome things about it. I've used really nothing but QAD my whole life um, besides when I had the the old whisker biscuit on. But um, I'm excited to try this limb-driven uh, rest out and see see how that works. But So throwing on, uh, just to kind of go through some of the stuff I do have on my bow there for this year. Going to throw a Spot Hog Fast Eddie uh, XL. So it's the one with the dovetail, double pin. Love that sight. I... I leave the top pin set at 25 yards, and the second one comes out around 37, 38, depending on the speed of my bow. And that covers just about everything in the whitetail woods. And actually, I dial that a little bit different for out west. I throw the top pin on 30 yards, and the second one comes out to around like 42, I believe. And that covers, you know, a giant range, so you don't have to try to hit that dial because as everyone knows, if you're in the dark timber in the West, or if you're in the big woods here in Pennsylvania or anywhere else in the Northeast, you don't have time to adjust a slider um, to the you know correct yardage as if they were out in a food plot or anything else. So that's a couple of the things I'm running there with the, the ham ski and running a t- tight spot quiver again on the, the bow. So love those quivers. I can shoot with them on, keep the arrows as tight as I need to without falling out. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, get some pictures posted up and stuff once I get this bow built, uh, building it here in my basement. So we'll see, we'll see how that whole process goes. But all right, let's uh, let's get into this one here. So Ryan Silver G5 Prime back at the ATA show in Louisville. Check it out. All right, we're back. Another episode, East Meets West Hunt Podcast. From the Archery Trade Association show here in Louisville, Kentucky, Ryan Silver's back again. Hey, y'all. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Ryan? Uh, not much, man. We're uh, just just here at the ATA show trying to tell everybody about the new stuff we got going on and and new people we got working for us, and, and it's been good. We kind of changed our booth setup. It's a nice outfitter camp. We're in a wall camp. tent. Yeah, yeah, we're in a wall tent, man. This yeah, is, this is what it's supposed to be like, right? Besides, besides the roar of the the background noise and chatter that we hear, it's basically like being in the Montana backcountry, isn't That's it? it? We got the Montana canvas tent up here, and it's and it's beauty. Yeah, no, this is a this is a really cool booth setup. A little campfire outside, and yeah, yeah, we got a little down. little mock campfire set up, and little little camping chairs, and yeah, coolers laying around, and yeah, cool, yeah. So you are ready for the show to be over by now, or what? Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready for it to be over uh, about Tuesday. I got here on Monday, so yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 good for us. It's good for everybody, but it's uh, it's grueling. It's it's a long long battle. You know, you spend weeks building everything and getting everything together, and then you come here, and then you spend an entire week being here, setting everything up, talking to everybody, doing that thing, and. And then you break it all down and go home, and it's like just all done. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of, 
it, it, it's tough, but it's good. I just, you know, we, we got to, we show, th- this is obviously not a consumer show. It's a dealer kind of show. Yeah. So I like the consumer shows a lot better. You get to read meet the real people stuff like that yeah but uh this is good too i get to meet some of our dealers that i normally don't and and that's fun you know yeah. some of the weird no, guys sure. cool guys you get to talk to people like me yeah i get to talk to people like actually you. i see you at both consumer yep, shows that's and this. Right. you're not that's really right. getting away from that <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yeah if you couldn't tell we're at the the g5 and uh prime quest everything here booth and it's like I said, it's a pretty pretty nice sized booth this year too. I don't know if it's any bigger, like as far as square. Well, footage last, last year, year we or? had we had two spots. We had a prime like twenty by twenty, and then we had a Questin G five twenty by forty or something like that. This year yeah. we just have a twenty by fifty that yeah. everything's all in one. Yeah, so it makes it easier. We got the shooting lanes up. We got bows, people shooting bows. We got the twenty second challenge out there. See if anybody wants to. Tr- test their steadiness and really see what a prime bow can do as far as being steady and aiming i'll tell you right now isn't a time for me to do the 20 second challenge yeah i'm a little shaky yeah. a little low on sleep yeah you know, the best time is like when you're hung over <laughs> in the morning because yeah. you don't really care you're all calm it's just <laughs> that 20 seconds feels like eternity though <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i did just shoot the ct3 for the first time what'd you think well so this this is my thoughts on it Logic was my favorite bow, as we talked yep. about in the past, and that was even before I got to use it for a hunting season and carry it around, which I spent probably, I don't know, 60 to 70 days with it in my hand, to, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where I was in Colorado, I was wearing calluses on my hand from just carrying just it around. Carrying it around, so long. Yeah. But anyways, loved that bow, loved everything about it. The CT3, for me, had a smoother draw cycle. Than the Logic? Than I, I thought than the Logic. Wow. For for me, I don't know what it was, but something with a more or less when I, maybe I'm not speaking on the right terms with it, but like when it broke on the valley, it just seemed yep. a little bit smoother to set in for for me personally at my draw length. Yep. And that's really what it is is that draw length. I mean, yeah. Every draw length, you're going to have a slight difference to that that cycle when you pull it back. Uh, yeah. But a longer axle axle bow will generally give you a little bit more of a nice smoother dump on the back end there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I shouldn't say the draw cycle itself. It's just at just the end dump. there. Yep. Just that end dump. Yep. The longer the, axle, the axle is a little bit more friendly on that backside. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit more of, like, the, the Synergy and stuff. Yeah, that was the exactly. same 33-inch, you know, axle to axle there. And real, and again, nothing was wrong with my logic from it. That's just comparing, yep. you know. Apple. So are you saying you like the CT3 better than your logic? I don't know yet. Uh, you're <laughs> you know, have to get I'm, one I'm, to find out, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, you know. It's... uh. It's it's tough for me again. I have that that logic shooting great, and just actually shot a doe with it on Saturday, so oh, a couple really? days ago, nice. and uh, love it. And uh, but anyways, yeah, that bow was was a really really uh, smooth shooting bow. I put like five arrows through it there, and there, I haven't got a chance to shoot any of the other ones. But I know for me personally, in my height, draw length, and everything, and my style of hunting. Uh, that's about the maximum I want to go 33 on. Inch. Yeah, yeah, on an ATA. Yeah. You know, I like the between 30 and 33. Yep. It's kind of. Teach. I mean, that's why we still got that Logic in the Logic series. I mean, this is our Logic series that we're launching right here. So we launched it back in October, and uh, it's we took the Logic platform and we just made it in a, a little bit a little bit smoother, like you said. We made it a little bit quicker, and we made it in in a variety of axle axles. So we have the CT3. Logic CT3 is just a 33-inch, Logic CT5 is just a 35-inch, and the Logic CT9, which is a 39-inch bow. Now, the 39-inch bow was kind of geared for the uh, target world, but we basically took a hunting bow and made it a target bow, and it was well-received. I mean, we had guys winning tournaments with it immediately when we got it out there, but it is a super long bow, but it's not a target bow. It's a hunting bow, and that's why we offer it in camo. So Yeah, no, that's that's cool. And, I mean, and for a lot of, like, the out-western type stuff, you don't – the axle-to-axle isn't as important as a tree stand hunter. Yeah. You know what I mean? A 39-inch gets a little yeah. long for – Corey Jacobson shoots 39-inch. He loves yeah. it. So, I mean, a lot of those out-west guys, a little bit more open country there. I mean, when you're really talking about uh, axle-to-axle at 33 inches to 35 inches to – 
31 inches, which is what the logic was, you're talking two or three or four inches, you know? I mean, yeah. it's not that big of a difference if you're talking about trying to get through some brush or, you know, be be, be easier to carry around. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you want to get a 28-inch bow or something like that, then now you can get into really something real more compact. But there's a lot of disadvantages to that. Yeah. Our, we're... we're we're really good at, at, at the longer axle to axle bows and mm -hmm. it's kind of our niche and our thing. Yeah. So making them smooth, making them accurate, making the whole system work together to give you the shot that you deserve. You know, yeah. when you pay that much money for a product, better perform. So Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I mean I, I was shooting the logic only a thirty one inch ATA bow out at distances eighty five, ninety yards at, at Total Archery Challenge. Great. But I, I've always felt that like a little bit longer one, like a you know a 33, 33. 34, maybe even thirty five. I've never shot that, but I feel like you can shoot them longer shots, a little bit steadier. I don't know what the reason is behind it. I'm not the guy for that. Maybe I guess you are, you'd have to shoot them and find out, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't really know either. I have a logic myself, thirty one inch. I like it. Shoots great. I shot the thirty three, totally awesome. I shot the thirty five, even better. Yeah. So I mean, if it was my choice, I'd pick the thirty five, just because I, I stacked heroes in a little tighter, you know. Yeah. So, can't tell you why, just like you can't tell me why, but that's the way. It, plus, the thirty five also is reaching speeds that Prime's never seen before. Okay. So you can shoot really heavy arrows at real, real fast speeds. What are some specifics on the on the speeds as far? As uh, well, we're we're IBOing at three forty on the uh, CT five. Okay. So I think we're at three thirty five on the CT three, and we're at three twenty eight, I believe, or three twenty five on the CT nine. Okay. So the longer axle axle bow doesn't have is that that much speed that 39 inch 35 is kind of the sweet spot as far as speed goes I, and and really it just that's that's how it came out i mean we when we design a product we design it for accuracy we're trying to solve a problem and we're not going to build a bow that is uh uncomfortable or inaccurate just to gain speed yeah. it just so happened that that 35 inch axle gained us a lot of speed yeah i mean it's a smoker it shoots fast so yeah and and the, the big thing to add with that too is you're not losing as much speed on the, the shorter draw lengths and everything as we yeah. talked about in the, the first yep. podcast with the a with, more efficient on those yep yep on the the cams because you're they're cam specific is that yep. the right term that's for right that? cam, cam specific, specific so. draw length so yep. yeah and that i mean i, I noticed that i mean i'm a shorter you know arm guy a 27 and a half inch draw length you know it's not very long but i'm holding up good speeds i think out of my logic so let's put in a real hunting scenario i'm shooting a 488 grain arrow so i'm shooting a pretty, pretty heavy, heavy arrow yeah. and i'm just, i'm still getting numbers just over 270 okay which that's is good, good. That's and, real good. and i don't want to be any faster not with a fixed head because yep. i have problems with you know the yeah. flying okay. and everything perhaps like that. some air and all that stuff yeah yep. yeah so for me that's a sweet spot if I can be around that 270 that's mark, that's a really good. That's a spot. lot of punch coming in too with that heavy of an arrow. Yeah, yep. That's a it's a really good setup and yep. and it proved it. I and obviously I, worked last week, right? Yeah, and it punched right through the opposite uh, leg of the the deer and went right out through the bone. I mean, just really. Yeah. Oh nice. yeah, it was a pretty really nice. insane um, penetration and everything else from that. So I love that that type yep. of setup. That's great, but. Anyways, so you got the, the CT3, the CT5, and the CT9. That's right. And then the logic, that rounds out the whole logic side That's of things right. from the, the prime. Yep. We're still carrying line. the Synergy lines, too, because there's some people that still really love that solid limb aspect of it. Um, so we'll still have the Synergy lines out there. We'll still have the X1 Synergy target bow out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the split limb with the, the logic series is, is really something else for us, man. It's... Uh, pretty groundbreaking for us to move into that platform and just create a whole system and now in multiple axle to axles yeah i think like with the split limb again this is from from me using it now for um you know full hunting season from out west to from colorado to alberta to pennsylvania and everywhere in between i like that split limb design it kept really it just felt steady it just felt balanced good left to right i mean i have a heavy you know, sight on there and everything else, and it just keeps everything balanced extremely yep. well. Balance is key, man. I mean, it's it's yeah. a nice wide platform that gives you a nice, good, solid base. So, you know, I mean, it's like standing on two legs versus standing on one leg. You know, the, if you can have that balance, you're really just going to hold steady and shoot better. Yeah, no, that's 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 for sure. And and 
like I said, I've talked about it on on this podcast before, so I won't go into a lot of detail of my experience with the the logic this last year, but. I didn't get a whole lot of shooting with it, but that was down on me, not on the bow. <laughs> so uh, uh, it uh, it was just a, a really fun, fun bow to shoot. Shot it my first fall turkey with a bow, and that was fun to even just doing stuff like that. So good to hear. It's um, very accurate platform with everything there. So all right. So what else is from? Anything else from the Prime side of things? Uh, Prime? No. I mean, we do have a new uh, quiver mount for it. If you've noticed that uh, that. There's a little. It's a side mount instead of the Sherpa mount that you have for your Logic, where it connects on the back side of the riser. Now it connects on the side of the riser. Okay. So that's one thing we also have it for. But that, that's about it on the Prime side. We might have some new gear coming out soon, as far as like apparel stuff like that. Okay. But uh, yeah, that, that's what we got. We also got new broadheads this year for G5. So nice. Tell me about got, that. We have the the new Striker V2, and the Striker V2 is. It's, it's built off the same platform as the Striker, um, but this time we have an uh, inch and a quarter cut, so it's a little bit, little bit larger cut, but the same super sharp blades, and it's machined in-house. That's one thing that really excites me is that we are able to control that machining process and those tolerance levels. So in doing so, we keep our blade tracks as tight as they need to be so that they're perfectly even, so we reduced a ton of run out in that broadhead. So it had... It, the, the striker performed awesome, but now it's just going to perform that much more awesome because it, there's less run out, less wobble in there because everything is perfectly tight to where it needs to be in there. And that, you know, not only that, we got Chuck Adams shooting that broadhead now too, and he is absolutely loving it. So. Yeah, I'm looking at the ad there and Chuck Adams' face on there. That's, That's pretty right. impressive. Yeah, they have a legend like that. He's been shooting strikers for us for about a year now, but uh, we decided to uh, see if he wanted to try the striker V2. And uh, he said, sure, let me take a look at it. And he absolutely loved it, and he's he's all on board for it. So we're able to tell the, the world now that we have uh, uh, Chuck Adams shooting our broadhead. That's pretty cool. And, and we just had him out here earlier and with the bone collectors doing an interview, and that was pretty exciting because, you know, Michael's a – uh, has always looked up to Chuck, and Chuck really likes Michael. So it was kind of yeah. like two generations there getting together, just talking about the heritage and and the old stuff. So yeah, and I mean, the way, and the it's way hunting's cool, supposed like, to be. The fact that you have a, a guy like that mm-hmm. shooting him, he's probably a guy that's you know been around for well, obviously been around for a while and a no bullshit kind of guy. He's oh, not yeah. going to shoot something that he doesn't like. Yeah, no, and he's not going to do something he doesn't like. Yeah, he, he doesn't, don't have to. No, he <laughs> doesn't. He do, he, yeah, if he's not about your product, he's not going to work with you, you know? Yeah. And he's just that kind of guy. He doesn't film any hunt. He doesn't hunt with any cameraman or anything like that because he, he told me because he likes hunting. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he, but he, he kills some monsters, and that's that's his thing. That's his bag. It's what he likes to do. And Yeah. And he's... He's got his way of doing it, and he's not going to let anything interfere with that, including his broadhead. So it better be good. Yeah. It's funny. At, at my hunting camp, at my grandpa's hunting camp, we have a picture on the wall, an old picture of Chuck Adams with a grizzly bear, a big bear, and it's signed by him. It was to, oh, that's cool. to my grandpa on there and stuff. And that's always just a picture I remember as a kid because my grandpa's had it forever that's hanging cool. on the wall, and that's always you know, a thing you look at and the legend, you yep, know, yep. in the, the bow hunting space. So. Definitely a legend. We are happy to have him on board. That's cool. So, and then also the, the super sharp, the Lutz blades. <clears throat> Lutz blades, man. They're, yep. They're, it's a uh, Swiss steel and it's, they're just the sharpest blades on the market. I tell everybody, you can't look at those broadheads too long, make your eyeballs bleed. Yeah. They are super sharp. Cool. So what, what else from G5? Uh, that's that's about all we got going for G5 this year. Um, Quest, we also have two new bows on the Quest line. We have the Syntec and the Syntec NXT that we are launching here. Okay. And uh, the Syntec, they're both center grip risers. Uh, they're good, better built price point bows. I mean, 500 bucks for the Syntec and 350 bucks for the Syntec Junior. But the key is the Syntec NXT, the, the smaller one for the kids, it is only 2.8 pounds. So one of the hardest things that kids have nowadays is without buying a plastic or some piece of crap, you know, little kid's bow, you get a real bow that's made out of actual aluminum, and it's light enough to where you can actually hold it up because a lot of kids just struggle trying to hold the bow up. Plus, you got center grip technology keeping them balanced in there. All of them are adjustable with no bow press, and we have this cool training grip for these kids. The training grip actually... you. 
you put it on, it snaps right onto the um, to the handle, and it gives you the proper form on there. So that's okay, a picture of it. Yeah, it yeah. gives you the proper form every time. So kids, when they grab a bow, they grab it like you know, like you would grab a, a hammer or something like that, and that could ultimately add to a lot of torque, a lot of twisting. I mean, that, that's probably the number one culprit in inaccurate shooting is the inconsistency of your grip. This sweet little snap-on training grip, the easy grip, it puts your hand in the perfect spot that you need to be every time. In fact, I'm going to get one and tape it to my prime because that's my worst problem Heck, right there. I could say, yeah, I could <laughs> probably use that myself. Oh, absolutely, you know? man. Especially, yeah, that's that's a really cool It's really feature. good. Really cool. I know from just being the side of things again working in an archery shop where i was teaching younger kids seeing those problems with trying to get the grip right and yep. you want to teach them right from a young age that's right and don't and let also, them grow up with bad habits man so I, I remember some young kids coming in wanting to shoot and again their their parents were like i, I want to get them into a real bow yep. but they'd have problems with it. so i'm like helping them holding up like on the bottom of the, you yeah, know, the yeah, limb yeah, trying exactly. to help them aim a little bit yeah, you know it's so heavy you know yeah, yeah. And that's that's the problem yeah they can draw it yeah. back they can do that but it's so dang heavy to hold up with Absolutely. their little yep. you know it's, it's underdeveloped so shoulders yeah. i mean my son yeah. the same way we had a radical which is a great bow it's awesome but it was it was too heavy for my youngest son you know, I mean, he couldn't hold the bow up. He shot about three, four times. He liked the shooting it, especially when he hit the target. It was, like, awesome. But it was like, Dad, I can't hold this bow up. My arm hurts. And it's <laughs> like, well, you better hit the gym, boy, because this is the littlest one we got. You know, yeah. not anymore. Now he's got the now we got the littler one that he can totally hold up. In fact, I'm going to get one of those and take him to duck blind. I can't wait to try and shoot a duck with it. Oh, that's cool. It's a little <laughs> tiny bow, man, and it shoots. It's awesome. It goes up 45 pounds, and I'm going to try and smoke me a duck out of the air with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> probably not going to happen, but I'm going to try. So what about the other ones? So like the other Centec and it, where does that fall? Like is uh, the Thrive still in the line? Yep. Thrive's still in the uh, line for, for uh quest. It's wet. Now that's a great bow right there. It's a good quality price point bow. Thrive is basically a prime rise without the cams. It's got a, yeah. uh, uh, the old cams that we put on our, uh, uh, the flux cams that were on the drive way back uh, three years ago, slight modification to them. So they're super smooth, real good speed. And then the riser itself is the same design as the rise, the prime rise that we had. It's got the same flexus as the prime rise, prime the entire prime line on it. And it's the same material in the riser. So, I mean, you're getting a $1,000 bow for $650 price point. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Quest is just a better built bow for these price points. I mean, there's a lot of great trickle-down technology that comes from Prime. It's affordable, and it's a high-quality item. Yeah. And it's hard to find that at, at those price point bows. And with Quest, that's just what our goal is, is deliver you the quality you deserve at a price point that you can afford. Yeah, so it's funny because I had a, a, a good buddy of mine who's in the, the military, and he was getting back from overseas, and he's like, hey, I want to... What's a good bow, you know, going through that? I'm like, what's your, you know, what's your price point? He's like, I don't want to break the bank on it. And I was like, you need to look at the Quest Drive. And that's, when I shot that last year at ATA, I was like, I would totally hunt with this bow all year. Absolutely. No yep. problem. Love that bow. Yep. And, and that's what, and he ended up going with it. And he's like, this is an awesome bow. Like just. It really is. I mean, it, the only difference from that and the prime rise is the cams. It doesn't yeah. have parallel cams in it. So, yeah. I mean, it is a total $1,000 product for a $650 price point. Awesome. Yeah. Does it have the Flexus on it as it well? It does. Yeah. Absolutely That's does. what I thought. With the damper on it. Yep. It's got the same material riser. We did reduce the machine time on the riser. So, if you look at a Prime Rise and you look at a Quest, there's like chamfer differences, like the, the smoothness and roundness. But, you know, that's a matter of us being able to, to do that to give you the product that you deserve, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not as nice and clean and smooth looking as a prime bow but it's the same riser mm -hmm. it's just cut on a higher speed you know so it, it's cut quicker yeah. it cut we cut the machine down t machine time down of like 20 minutes or so in order to make it affordable yeah. you know so that was it awesome yeah what else anything else from quest <clears throat> uh not for quest uh that's yeah that's pretty much all we got i like going how, on. i like how i say that anything else like there's not yeah. a bunch of it is but <laughs> yeah two bows a training grip and keeping the thrive that's that's about it man i mean we're yeah we're really trying to push quest this year too because we really want to get down to the roots of hunting like your heritage growing up how you learned how to hunt 
what hunting meant to you. And we need to really get back to that. So, you know, an affordable bow really is going to help that. But, you know, the bows and the products and all that aside, the, the, the real issue that we have here is that there's too many divisions. There's too many lines. There's too many, which side are you on? There's too many, I can't believe you shot that little buck. There's too many, you're wearing the wrong boots. There's too much, there's, there's just too much macho-ness and things that are happening that is turning off hunters. I mean, let's face it here. We're not walking out trying to sell bows to every hunter out there. We're trying to make more hunters. And if we don't make it look attractive for everybody out there, we won't be making any more hunters. And if we don't make more hunters, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. This is very, very important issue. And we need to stop beating each other up. And we need to start being one as a group. We need to start coming together as hunters, or there won't be any hunting to be coming together to. Yeah. So that's, that's the one thing that I do see. I see a lot at even this event, at some of the other events we go to. There's quite the competition with other guys, you know, just shit-talking each other, doing things that is not attractive for anybody outside looking in. You know, if you're trying to get more people involved in this sport, we got a real funny way of showing it. Yeah, no, I... We're all on the same team, brother, and we yeah. need to start acting like it. No, I, I completely agree with that point, you know, 100%. And, like, and you and I were talking a little bit beforehand, just one small issue on it, it was the whole, like, okay, you hunt public land or you hunt private land, acting like there's a, you know, there's a division between these two types of hunters. No, we're all hunting. Yeah. Where we hunt is up to us, you yeah. know, and, and whatever that may and, be. And like, why you do it. It's, it's your choice, yeah. man. I mean, the, the key is you have to do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. If you want to go hunting, you have to get up and do it. But why would I want to bother to get involved in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a community that just kind of scares me, kind of intimidates me, kind of makes me a little bit, you know, well, maybe I'll just go do something else because those guys are a little too crazy for me. Those guys. Yeah. And, you know, I... I you post something on online and, and people just attack you and tell you you made a bad decision or you did something wrong. Well, what the hell do they know, man? Yeah. I mean, they don't know your situation. You could have you could have been hunting in an area that you've only seen one deer in six years and you shot it. Oh, because it was a four point that was the wrong thing to do? What the, what's, that to, what's that to you, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you just, we have to be careful. We have to be careful and we have to help each other and realize we are on the same team stop fighting each other and start coming together if you're a hunter you should give the other hunter a nod a wave pat on the back shake his hand do whatever but yeah. stop fighting each other yeah and it's not like okay so you don't have to be like say if your goal is you want to kill a four and a half year old deer every year that's great yeah make that's your goal that's your you goal. want to do that do it man but don't ever bash anybody else that does right that shoots a smaller deer or whatever or even say maybe you do have that goal and uh, you know, a four or five point comes in, it makes you happy, puts on a show, puts a smile on That's your it. face, you shoot it. D don't apologize. I cannot, I, I can't I, stand what I yes, see on social media. Yes. And uh, this is a little rant of my own here, but when you go on and be like, man, I shot this, this buck, uh, I, I saw some bigger ones during the year. You know, I, I would have shot a bigger one, but this is all I had the opportunity at. Shut up. Don't yeah, say You don't that. need to apologize for doing no. what you did. You okay? were excited to shoot that yeah. for a reason. Be one thankful for it, and two, be excited about it. Like that's. But that's what we have created. Uh -huh. We've created an, a, a, you, a, a community that you have to apologize for taking an animal. You know, you have to defend yourself for doing what you love. Yeah. We. That, I mean, it's our own fault. I mean, I was. I, was, I had a, a, a Matt. My my boss showed me a picture of a a, a deer, and uh, he, and the guy had it. It was like a little four point. And I, I'm I'm. I do it myself, you know. I got to catch myself when I do it. And I look at it, and I was kind of like, wow, it was kind of small, huh? Yeah. And then I look at the guy's face, and he had a grin from ear to ear. He was smiling like you wouldn't believe. And all of a sudden, that took precedence over the small animal. And I realized, wow, you just did what you're telling people not to do. To my, I did it to myself, yeah. you know. And we all have to make that internal change, man. We can't be judgmental on our own members of our community. Yeah. Like, we have to support them. As long as you do it legal and it makes you happy, that's all that really matters. If I want to hunt high fence animals, why the hell shouldn't I be allowed to? Mm -hmm. It's my God-given right. I, work, or I, I, I live in a free world, free country. That's what I want to do. Why should I have to apologize for it? If I want to hunt public land, I'm allowed to. That's what I should do. And I shouldn't get shit from it. You know? Yeah. 
That's what drives me nuts. No, I, again, like I, I'm in complete agreement with you and even with ourselves. So like it, it can be easy. I know I'm guilty of this myself being like, oh, you know, I have a podcast now. I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be shooting, you know, big mountain bucks every year because that's what, you know, I've built up. I love chasing these big deer. No, that's not what it is. You're going to, if, if I let myself get in my own head by thinking that all the time, you make it not enjoyable for yourself. And, you know, I've, I've had to do that. Like, you know, I'll admit to it. I had to come to grips with myself and be like, Bo, enjoy it. Like, yeah. this is why for you've you, been doing this your whole them. life. Don't change just right. to impress somebody else or, or try to, you know, be somebody that you're not or whatever it may be. It's, this is the reason why we do it. And there's a million reasons why we hunt, but the, the to enjoy it and enjoy that experience, whether that be with friends, family, sometimes solo, that's a different way of enjoying it and just enjoy it and support everyone else yeah. that's, that's doing yep. it. That maybe you don't agree exactly with the way they're doing it, but keep your mouth shut and don't. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. If you don't like the way that somebody did it, you don't have to get, and that's the thing they hide behind the anonymity of, of Facebook and, and, and social media and things like that. Yeah. It's, you know, real tough guy sitting behind a keyboard telling somebody they made a bad decision. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not your place and you're doing it. All, you're just creating a platform to where people don't want to get involved from the outside looking in and are ready to hang it up. You know, I mean, I've already talked to several guys that are like, I don't even want to do this anymore because all I do is get shit every single time I make a post or I make a whatever. That scares the crap out of me, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it too. Like I, I feel like some of the people that are higher profile and stuff and they mm -hmm. put something up people are just freaking tearing them up yep. you know yep. just going in there yep. and even like say women specifically they'll they'll post something up and they're shooting no their bow and they'll be like oh look at your form you're not doing this or you're not doing like yeah shut uh, the they, hell up. They, they get no credit at all you know i mean the women could never win anytime they ever do something and and they they need to not care they need yeah. to do it for themselves they need to let just you you go hunting for your experience whatever that may be not for johnny Jerkoff's experience who's going to say something stupid on facebook yeah. you don't give a shit about him yep you do it for yourself exactly no and exactly and when whenever you're you know before i guess a really good takeaway from that is if you before you open your mouth or get your thumbs working on your your phone or your yep. computer or whatever just think about it before you say it you know how is this going to negatively negatively affect someone or their outlook on it or maybe not even them specifically someone else that's watching from an outside you know perspective that's right that's and, the key that's thinking about it yeah. you know like if you're going to do something you're going to make a remark or you get, you got to think about what it's going to look like from the outside looking in yeah and and like i said i mean i i'm not going to sit here and act like i'm a perfect person with it i open my mouth sometimes when i shouldn't and i don't ever i don't ever bash anybody like i don't publicly bash anyone but from the fact that you know i i might think in my head or something i'm like come on like yeah what are you doing you know yeah, yeah. I, I do it myself i've yeah. done it plenty of times like i said i looked at the picture and the first thing i thought was wow that deer is pretty small yeah but it didn't matter because i looked at his face and that guy was so happy and i'm like that's what it's about why are you questioning his the size of that deer look at that guy he's happy as hell he yeah. just got that so i had to check myself and that's when i realized that we have a real problem here and i started looking around and you know, people are doing it left and right to each other. Yeah. You know, from brands and brands, a lot of brands are not helping. They're not helping the situation. They're making it even worse. I mean, we kind of look around you. There's a lot of companies buying up a lot of companies. A lot of things like that is happening. Yeah. It's kind of watering down a lot of where these products and these brands came from. It's becoming something that uh, it doesn't look good from the outside in, you yeah. know. From the outside looking in, it's it's not an attractive thing to want to get into. We need to cultivate more hunters. Let's make it look good. Let's make it feel good, and let's make it really welcoming. Yeah, I think I think some of the, the brands need to hire some PR people or something. I think so. <laughs> I think they they either need to yeah. I think they need to just have more passion for what products they make. Yeah, and that's it. It's it's not always just about money. You know, the money will come if you do the right thing. Yeah. If you don't do the right thing, it might come for a minute, but it ain't going to be there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no, uh, 
fake it till you make it when mm-hmm. it comes to this. You know, not what I mean? this world. Yeah, you're, not with these people. Nope. Yep. These I, are real people. This is your human nature to hunt. You're a predator. You have eyes in the front of your head. You have sharp teeth. You're a freaking predator. It's in your human nature. We have a chromosome in our body that says you have to go hunting and you have to kill something and you have to eat it. It is. It's, it's, it's genetically bred inside of us. And the more and more we shut it down, every generation after that is going to lose that chromosome. One of these days, we're going to wake up 200, 100, 50 years from now, and we're going to be a world full of a bunch of pussies because they don't know how to hunt. Yeah. And that's it. And the chromosome is completely washed away from the human race. Is that what we want? No. I know that's a little drastic, but no, I thought but, that was pretty no, good. No, it? That's, that's a very good description <laughs> of how, how it could go. And as it could. It absolutely could. And it's funny because like I've, I've opened myself up to being around people that aren't necessarily like me and a lot more and just trying to listen to their perspective more or less because I realized I was closed-minded in the past and I was only around certain people that were like me. Yeah. So I never saw anything different when you open it up and I've been around a lot of non hunters recently and listening to some of their questions right away. I want to be defensive on things. And I'm like, no, let's, let's try to understand, you know, where they're coming from and where they're getting this perspective or whatever it may be. And, and they're not necessarily anti hunters, but they're, they're not really sure about it because of things that they've seen that we've done as an Mm -hmm. industry, as a whole, as however you want to, you know, categorize it. But there's some there's some work to be done and I think every it starts with each and every one of us yeah. being, you know, open and thinking about that as well. So it's gonna take all of us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So what I was gonna say, what uh do you have any other like advice for anyone with that or is it just don't be an asshole? Well, that's pretty <laughs> much it, man. You know, don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's that simple, you know. Practice it, do it, shoot it. Shoot bows, shoot guns, go hunting, have fun, yeah. experiences. You know, when you're out there and you're having a great experience, are you really thinking about what kind of boots you got on? Are you really thinking about, you know, what what kind of bow you're even shooting? I mean, no, you don't want to be thinking about that stuff. You want to be thinking about the experience that you're having. So really enjoy your experiences. Don't be an asshole. And, and, and just have fun, man. Yeah, just be true to yourself. Back. Let That's that, it. let that chromosome that, that yeah, one, let that let thrive. It yes, yeah. yes. Let it thrive yep. like the quest. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> product, but uh, uh, yeah, contradiction. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's funny. I uh, I don't remember if I talked about it on here before, but there's a there's a book I had read recently called Wild at Heart, and it was just talking about um, basically how it's deep inside us that need to hunt. It was actually a, like a religious type book, but it was basically telling how even some modern religion practices are building pussies, I guess, That's- from that standpoint. And it's like, listen, we are hunters. We are gatherers. We, you know, you have that in you. That's right. Everyone has it in it's built into your genetic code. Yes. We've, we've been hunting from the beginning, yep. you know, That's and why yeah, we're here. Maybe it's not necessarily a need from a food standpoint anymore, but no. I, in, in my that's own body, opinion too, but yeah, yes, yes, you're right. You're very right. But my, I have a need in my own self to find those adventure things and put yourself out there and, and, and hunt to like, that's, if I didn't hunt, yeah. I don't know what the hell I would right. do. I mean, I don't, I don't turn to drugs. Yeah. (laughs) I turn to drinking. That's what I do when I'm not hunting. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I, uh, I, I don't even get to hunt much at all with this job and things I do. I get to be around it all the time. I get to see everybody's experiences and how happy they are. I also get to see the shitty parts of it too. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I do get to go hunting, I feel when I'm done and I have a good time and I have these experiences and I get to eat this food that I just gathered, it's it it i feel complete i feel like this is what i was put on the earth to do and it you know i mean it might be subtly but it it makes me feel complete it makes me feel like you know this is what life is this yeah. is what you're supposed to do so what humans are yeah you know and without it i do feel like i'm a little lost i don't get to do it a whole lot but when i do it it makes me realize that i am a human being yeah i'll i'll tell you what ryan like so recently i've been so busy with like 
getting stuff with the podcast ready, figuring out what I'm doing with 2019. You know, I'm getting in this, this business mode and I'm doing my day job and I'm doing this and I've been, hadn't been spending much time in the woods for, and then holidays and everything else. Sure, but sure. anyways, I got to go out, like I was telling you last Saturday to, to go for a doe hunt. And I haven't, I haven't shot a doe since 2013 when I was at my senior year in college and more or less, the population is kind of low where I hunt, but also I, I had enough meat. I just didn't, I, I never, I didn't need to kill a doe, mm-hmm. but this year I only killed one buck and I, I wanted to get, I wanted to get another deer in a freezer and for, the, from my own side of things, I needed to get out and hunt yeah. again. And I got out and big doe came in with some other does and I got so excited. You would have thought that there was a, the 30 point buck was coming in. Like my heart was going out of my chest as soon as I grabbed my That's bow. What it's all about, baby. And I got so excited and that moment, and then we, and I, I quartered up the deer and it wasn't, was packing it out and just like smile from ear to yes. ear. Like it, yeah. my dad and uncle came in to help me and it was just like uh And that was a doe, right? Yeah, it was a doe. I mean, there ain't no horns on that thing. No. Can't eat the horns, right? No, it was such an awesome, you know, and we, we got back and we shared a couple beers and, and just, you know, enjoyed that whole process of it. And that was a good kind of, again, reset for me, even though I went through a whole hunting season and everything just kind of going out there and having fun with it and yeah, not fulfillment putting, man yeah. it feels great it really does yep yeah so is anything else on on that you want to add or man. oh i really think i've said uh i'm sweating now I said, yeah all got me all worked up, up. Yeah. No. <laughs> i think i've said enough to probably get bashed on facebook pretty hard so that's all right perfect let's let's, let's, let's <laughs> see if going someone, yeah let's yeah let's let's see if uh people will take this and then let's see if we get somebody again. come in here and just punch me in the face right now yeah <laughs> i saw a couple people yeah, peeking they were, in they were uh, peeking, weren't they? they must have heard you talking but thought you were talking about their company but yeah. no <laughs> anyways that that's cool and, and again that's one of the reasons why i i love working with you know companies that that believe in that kind of stuff and and whether it's actually working with them or just being friends and yeah. shooting the products well that's one one rule we have is that uh we don't work with anybody that we wouldn't feel comfortable in a hunt camp with them yeah so and that's that's one thing I love about this company I work for. Yeah. Is that we are very family-esque. Once you're part of us, you're part of the family. Yeah. And that's that's how we take it, man. If we can't if we can't hang out for three days at the Total Archie Challenge together, we ain't working for it. Yeah. You know? Do we do that? I think we did that. Yeah, we did do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's a great group of people from beginning to end in this, in this company. I'm not just saying that. Otherwise, I don't, I don't have anyone on the podcast unless I unless right. i want to have them That's on right. let's put it that way and or if and, you really don't want to have them on there that could really work for you you know that. yeah and then i could bash them just get that guy that just really irks you get yeah. him on there and just and be super nice and ask him those questions and really get them yeah or maybe not yeah i don't know i'm, I'm think i'm just gonna avoid that part yeah. but all right ryan well what do you think you want to want to sign off on this yeah one? that sounds great um yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah. for thanks for having me on, and thanks for coming on. It's always great to see you. Yeah, uh, as uh, likewise. I mean, I wish I could say likewise, but either way, <laughs> I'll be nice on the podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening to another podcast. And Ryan, thank you for spending some time on your one of your another busy days here. No problem, man. Thank you. Safe travels back to Michigan. Yep, trying to get around this snow, huh? Yeah, yeah, the, the big snowstorm. Yeah. Death Storm 2019. (laughs) All right, signing off from Louisville. We'll see you, buddy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.